0: You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. Each month on our program, we take on one of four themes that are too big to ignore. Mental illness, suicide, incarceration, and homelessness. On today's episode, I'm going to talk with Dr. Adam Ghazali. He is a professor in neurology, physiology, and psychiatry at UC San Francisco. Dr. Ghazali is also the founder and executive director of Neuroscape, a translational Neuroscience Center. In addition, Dr. Ghazali is co-founder and chief science advisor of an innovative company developing therapeutic video games. Okay, let's get started. The mental health download starts now. So the first thing I'd like to know, Dr. Ghazali, is how technology is influencing and changing how we treat PTSD, ADHD, autism, depression, and more.
1: Well, there's a lot of uh, really exciting uh, technology that's being developed, but uh, its implementation in all those clinical populations is still a bit on the horizon. Uh, But what we're really excited about is to use technology to create interactive experiences that challenge the brain in in a targeted way and allows the player or the participant, the patient, the student, um, to improve their their brain function over time.
0: Can you tell us about the origins of your game NeuroRacer and how it can improve cognitive control abilities in older adults?
1: Sure. So, uh, about 10 years ago, I became, I guess, a bit frustrated with my research. We were doing important work on attention and memory and aging and showing how brain networks change as we get older that lead to declines in these abilities, but I wanted to do something to help people more directly. And so I had an idea about using technology um, as a therapeutic approach to see if we can improve attention, decrease distraction, improve short-term memory in older adults um, who we had been studying uh, for many years at UCSF. And so um, the idea was to have what, uh, to create what we call a closed loop video game, meaning that the game um, at all times is detecting your abilities um, and then making real time decisions essentially about how you should be challenged so, yet th- so that you're right in that sweet spot where it's not so hard and frustrating, not so easy and boring, and then also to give you reward and feedback in real time based upon your performance. And the idea was that this would put pressure on these brain networks. And because our brains have plasticity, meaning that they change and modify themselves in response to experience, the hypothesis was that we'd be able to improve not just gameplay in older adults on this particular game, NeuroRacer, but also other abilities that we were not directly training, like attention and short-term memory, but we felt that by improving the networks involved in gameplay, we'd be able to improve those abilities. And that's what we found in our research study.
0: So here's a fun question. Um, what's your favorite sure. video game Like growing up? you know, Did you have Atari, Nintendo? What oh, yes. You, what was I was favorite?
1: a major Atari player as a kid. Um, the first video game that I finished, I think some people don't know that this video game can be finished, was a game called Asteroids. Uh, so uh, back in the day, uh, if you remember it, it's just a really simple game. It's like a little triangle, which is your ship, and then these uh, these asteroids which are basically just line shaped uh, uh, objects are approaching you and you have to move around and, and annihilate them and then they break into smaller pieces and it gets harder and harder and eventually if you play it long enough as I did when I was a 10 year old um, the entire screen is full of asteroids except for your ship and it says game over so but I, I loved all the Atari games growing up
0: so if you could get your hands on the you know the program code for some of those games that you grew up loving, is there any way that you could possibly make them therapeutic?
1: Well, you know, there's a couple aspects that, goes into, that go into making a therapeutic video game. And so all of the games that we build at Neuroscape and now Achilles is creating are, are built from scratch. And that's because it allows us to really target the game mechanics to activate neural networks exactly the way that we want them. But, um, you know, there are elements of our game design and the principles that we use that could be um, applied to any game to make them, you know, more um, capable of changing the brain. And that's really the closed-loop uh, algorithms that we're using and still developing, that ability to pick up on um, very subtle changes in performance in real time. And now even physiological measures like how your heart rate is responding or your skin reactivity, looking at your emotional uh, reactions or even brain activity itself and feeding that into the game engine. So essentially it's turning your game essentially, you know, into an AI that understands you in a very deep way in the moment, um, allowing it to apply just the right type of stimulation and challenge to help you improve uh, your function. <laughs> When your mom back in the day was, you know,
0: complaining about you spending so much screen time uh, playing video games, can you can you now go back to your parents and be like, hey, you know, this all paid off. You know, I'm making, you know, I'm making a difference in the world because I played these video games. They inspired me. And now I can literally make a difference in elevating minds.
1: Yeah, you know. It was a circuitous route that I took to become a video game developer, having done an MD, uh, a PhD in neuroscience, a full residency in neurology, a postdoc at Berkeley, but um, making video games is a lot of fun. I guess that maybe goes without saying we get to work with artists and musicians and storytellers and programmers and developers of all sorts and uh, really try to push the frontiers on what we now describe as digital medicine. And, you know, I would say growing up uh, and in my parents' defense, they really didn't have a problem with me playing video games. They, they liked it better than television was my impression. They, they liked the interactivity. Even when I was a kid, my friend and I used to hack into the code of games and sort of change the rules. Um, so they, they always, uh, um, I don't know if they encouraged it, but they certainly didn't discourage it.
0: <laughs> you know, one of the most interesting topics I've heard you address is the myth of multitasking. So can you tell us if humans can actually multitask?
1: Well, you know, multitasking is a a really challenging term because it could be used as um, to indicate a behavior. So in other words, I'm multitasking because I have two tasks I want to do. Let's say I'm having this phone conversation, also checking my email, which I am not, because I know that although that behavior is multitasking, right, I'm actually doing both of them. What's happening in my brain is that I'm really switching between them. And with each switch, there's a bit of degradation of performance. So um, anyone that's tried to have a conference call and check it and do their email at the same time or have a conversation and be on you know, Twitter at the same time knows just by being introspective that you can't really do these things parallel processing. So multitasking as a behavior is something we do all the time. But multitasking as a mechanism of our brain doesn't really occur um, in that manner. What really happens is switching between the brain networks that are involved in more than one attentionally demanding task. And with each switch, there's a bit of a degradation of that information that expresses itself as a performance deficit. And if you're doing something that's really low level, like you know listening to music and you know doing laundry, just things that become really reflexive, then you know it's not a big deal. But If you're doing something that really requires high quality and attention, and it's not just work or school, you know, but driving and having conversations with people that you care about, um, you will degrade your ability to do it at the highest level if you choose to multitask.
0: What are the greatest challenges facing you and other innovators as you continue your quest? to elevate our minds with technology?
1: Well, there are so many challenges. Um, I will just p- m- name a couple that jump to mind uh, immediately. Um, the first, and a very real one, is that technology has also challenged our brains in some really fundamental ways. Um, I wrote an entire book on this topic called The Distracted Mind, and um, recently a piece called The Cognition Crisis, really saying, you know, is not solely responsible for challenges that we currently have But we are, um, you know, I I believe increasingly being challenged in terms of our attention, our uh, emotional regulation, empathy, compassion, decision making. Um, We see it in children, um, increases in anxiety and depression associated with suicide. And, you know, a lot of this has been at least, you know, correlationally associated with technology use. And so when you're thinking about technology, I mean, even video games, which, you know, as excited as we are, has its own challenge in terms of overuse of them. You know, we're working from uh, a framework and a a status quo where these technologies have, you know, often been built without thinking about its potential detrimental effects on our brains and and our mental health. And so that's really um, an important challenge is to frame things correctly and 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 work on building a healthier technology for us to interface with. So you know we're not really starting from zero, like technology didn't exist and we're creating it. We're doing it in the context of what already um, is is out there so that that's one challenge that that we really take to heart.
0: We all have cell phones, and they have become integral to our life. Are there, what do you foresee as far as apps go for being therapeutic? Is, it, is, is there a time uh, coming up in the next few years where you know, our iPhone will be our therapeutic device?
1: I believe so. I mean, that's exactly what we're working on. So some of the closed-loop video games that we're creating use mobile devices like phones and tablets. Um, we currently are in uh, the process of seeking FDA approval. Uh, for the first video game, I created NeuroRacer, which has been developed into a much better game by um, Achille, a company that I co-founded now, now several years ago. Um, and this game is, is um, what we hope will become approved as the first ever non-drug treatment for ADHD, uh, the first ever prescribable video game, and the first of a new class of medicine that we uh, call digital medicine. And um, this could be used on an, on an iPhone um, or, you know, m- many other uh, mobile devices. We're trying to really make this as accessible as we can as a new type of medicine that will be prescribed uh, by a doctor and, and used, um, you know, as either a replacement or an adjunct to existing pharmaceutical treatment. So, yeah, we're, we're really trying to take the most rigorous path forward in terms of our scientific validation to show that th- these tools are actually medicine.
0: Last question. If there's just one powerful statement, what would you tell them?
1: Well, you know, I think there's going to be a wide variety of views about technology, um, how it challenges us, how people feel about video games, how people think about the future of virtual reality and and artificial intelligence. And I would just encourage everyone to uh, keep an open mind and to think about uh, the promise of this technology to really um, not just be neutral and not harm us, but to actually um, improve how we think and, and to elevate how our minds work. So, just you know, keep an open mind and 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 try to look into this. Um, what I think is a really exciting future.
0: Dr. Ghazali, thank you so much for your insight into how technology can be positioned not just to entertain, delight us, and to help us communicate, but to really elevate our minds. Okay, go do good things.